Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Broadcast started. Coming up next, Evangelist Victor Mravlag. Here we go. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Okay, welcome aboard, everybody. Thank God it's Friday. Brother Victor, how you been doing, my friend? I'm doing good. All right. Friends, welcome. Wherever you're tuning in from, we do invite you uh, to uh, invite somebody to join in. You can send them over to the website, and there's a couple ways you can tune in. You can listen here on MixNLR. We've also got a IceCast server running, so that just means you hit the player on the website. Uh, you can listen that way, too. And uh, by phone at 515 602 9734. Brother Victor, you want to open us in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come into your presence, thanking you for another day. 
another day that we could worship you and serve you and be your disciples. We ask you to bless this time, this fellowship, as we all dive into the word, your word that you've given us to guide us into all truth through your Holy Spirit. We pray for the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit on each and every one of us to open our eyes, ears, and mind to see, hear, and understand, Lord God, what your plan is for each and every one of our lives. As we go through this journey on earth to overcome the, the enemy, Lord God, who is out to steal, kill, and destroy, we commit this time to you. We bind the strong men over each and every one of us. We bind the old man. We bind the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness. We bind the enemy over the airways and all reception. That, Lord, all of our lines will be strong to hear the message that you've placed upon my heart. And hide me behind the cross that you receive all the glory that I'm behind you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I say amen to that. Brother Victor, the mic is yours. Take it away. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Praise the Lord for another day. Another day. Jesus laid the foundation is the title of tonight's message. He laid a foundation that we all can grow. We can all grow and know God. Jesus bridged the gap between man and God. The Bible says by one man's sin, by one man's sin unrighteousness came into the world. And by one man's obedience, righteousness came in. So through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the goal. God wants a relationship with us. That's why he sent his son. That's why he set up a sacrifice for Adam and Eve in the garden. He covered them with the sheepskins, but he sacrificed the blood of two animals to cover them from their nakedness because they were disobedient. God wants a relationship with us like he had in the Garden of Eden. At the cool of the day, God would speak to Adam and walk with him. And Satan stole that by bringing sin into the world, by deceiving Eve. So Jesus laid the foundation when he came to earth to build his church. To build his kingdom. To build a relationship that we would no longer be under the power of the enemy. That we would be no longer under the power of Satan, Satan and sin. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 1. This is the first reference to Jesus going to a synagogue. With his disciples in Capernaum. Mark was a disciple, second generation. Matthew, John were eyewitnesses. Mark and Luke were second generation Christians after Jesus rose from the dead. And they give us the references as they learned from eyewitnesses. To all these accounts. So here we are at Mark chapter 1, verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, 
and straight away on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and he taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine or teaching. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. So his preaching was with authority and the power of the Holy Spirit to demonstrate in the scriptures his mission on earth. And in his teaching, he stirred up a demonized man in the synagogue or in the church, the gathering where the people were, and the demon manifested. Verse 23. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know you and who you are, the Holy One of God. See, the demon recognized him immediately who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew who Jesus was. It took the disciples several more years before they really recognized that he was the Messiah. And here the demon was proclaiming he had a personality. It wasn't the man speaking, but it was the demon speaking out of him, the unclean spirit. Saying, let us alone. So there was more than one inside this man. Let us alone. What have we to do with you? What, 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 what are we going to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? And they knew that there was a time of their destruction. Satan knows there's a day in judgment. Because hell was not created for man. Hell was created for Satan and his angels that fell. And all the demons. So they knew the time was not yet. And in other cases, the demon and the demiac says, Are you come to destroy us or torment us before our time? And they, and they actually, the demiac, if you remember the demiac, they, they, they said to him, they said, send us into the, don't send us into dry places. They were asking for mercy. And Jesus actually gave them mercy and cast them into the pigs in that situation. The Holy One of God. Verse 25. And Jesus rebuked them. He said, hold your peace and come out of him. Now some people teach that just say the word and the demon would come. In some people's interpretation of this, that would have been it. That would have been the end. There was no further communication with the evil spirit and there was no further, it would have been done. If Jesus cast out the demon in an instant just by saying it, then this is what occurred. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, so he tore him, he convulsed him, he threw him on the ground, he was rolling around like an epileptic, and torn him and cried with a loud voice, and then he came out of him. They don't just come out with the snap of a finger. Evil spirits have legal ground, and they're in men and women because of sins, and also the sins of the, our ancestors. That's where evil spirits get their legal ground. Verse 27. 
And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commands he even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. You see, God has given us a format here. This is an outline for every Christian that comes into the kingdom of God. That Jesus led by example, teaching them that he had authority over Satan's kingdom. The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, the works of the devil are evident, which are adultery, fornication, sexual immorality, or perversion, sodomy, same sex. Jesus came to destroy all the works of the enemy. Pride, greed, murder, hate, anger. He came to destroy all the works. And they go on and on. But we know that Jesus came to set the captive free, the Bible tells tells us. In verse 28, And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region, round about Galilee. You see, this situation and this example became famous. People would say in a word, this guy has come on the scene. He's come on the scene and he's, and he's casting out demons. People were getting set free by the power of God. You see, Jesus laid the foundation. He left the outline for the disciples to walk in his steps, to walk in the same steps that he walks. Amen. Keep your finger in Mark, or put a marker there, and jump over to Luke 4 with me. The first message that Jesus preached before he called his disciples, and he went into the synagogue. Verse 16, Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and his custom was... He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him a book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And that's Isaiah 61, verse 1. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When Jesus came, it was the acceptable year of the Lord to establish his spiritual kingdom over Satan's kingdom. From Adam and Eve, Satan had power over man to torment, harass, afflict, and to rule and reign kingdoms on earth. God raised up Abraham to bring his children, to have children and descendants of Abraham that would live by faith. Abraham was a friend of God because he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He trusted in God. So God established a nation 
to carry his word, to bring his word to the world, and to bring his son, the, pro- the, the prophecy of the Messiah. And we receive Jesus Christ. Amen. So he came to, dis- to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. This was Jesus' mission. This is the outline of a Christian's life. In fact, in Mark 16, 17, I'll quote it. You could write that down if you're taking notes. Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. So when you become a believer in Christ, the outline that Jesus laid is our foundation to build the church, to build the kingdom of God, a spiritual kingdom, not a physical kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn back to me. Turn back with me to Mark chapter one, where your finger is, or marker. So what? What? What happened? In, let's turn to verse 32. No, 27. Let me see, not 27. 32, verse 32. And at evening, when the sun set, they brought to him all that were diseased, them that were possessed of devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. In other words, demons. Devil, devils is an uh, inter- interpretation interpretation that should have said demons because Christians are demonized they're not possessed or ruled or reigned by evil spirits we're demonized in our mind our will and our emotions and our body our spirit is sealed unto the day of redemption and then the enemy cannot penetrate that seal But in our mind, he can attack us with thoughts. In our will, get us to want the things of the world. In our emotions, to uh, afflict us with illnesses, emotional illnesses, and insecurity or fear. Those all come from the enemy. They come to our emotions. The enemy tries to cause us to be fear, like the pandemic. How many Christians fell prey to the pandemic? And were in fear. They were closing down their churches. Very few stood up. Very few churches stood up and said, I'm not participating for that. Because God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're we're able. But with the temptation, we'll make a way of escape. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus had a commission, and that's in Luke chapter 4, 17 through 18 and 19 that I just read. You and I, brothers and sisters, have a commission, and that's to do the works of our Father which is in heaven. Just like Jesus has prayed in John, that we would be one in him as Jesus was one in the Father and the Father in him, that we also would be one in him and follow the works that he did. That's the kingdom of God. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. To set at liberty the captives. When you you share your testimony, Revelations tells us that we overcome the devil by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And we love not our lives unto death. Our testimony is our commission. What God did for you, 
he can do for others that he leads into your life. You are the only Bible that someone may read. God doesn't want half Christians. He doesn't want quarter Christians. He doesn't want 10% Christians. He doesn't even want 90% Christians. He wants 100% Christians. He wants our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole body, and our whole, whole soul. It's to love the Lord with our, all, our whole, all our mind and all our will and all our strength. God wants us all. He doesn't want part of us. He wants all of us. And too many people allow the world to rule them. Too many Christians in the church don't read their Bible. Their Bible collects dust. They wait to Sunday to get a, hear a message. I'm not saying that's you, but there are those that are in the church that don't read their Bible on a daily basis as much as we can. There's two things that need to change in every one of our lives. The amount of time we spend in front of that box, the boob tube, television, Hollywood has produced so many movies. There's, I think, almost 500 studios in America. Imagine that. 500 productions of something. And a lot of them have multiple productions going on in these studios. So they're producing movies quicker than anybody could watch on a daily basis. There's more shows and TV programs. There's thousands of stations. Satan has gripped the world into hell. Into watching what he wants to entertain and control the minds, wills, and emotions of mankind. Many are slaves to their phones. They can't put their phone down. It rules and reigns their lives. Video games. With many of them, if not all of them, and they probably all are from the pit of hell. All the violence, the immorality, the murdering. It brainwashes the minds of those that watch it. They become actually participants emotionally. Running around, shooting, killing. I don't know. I never got into it. 20 years ago, there was Siphon Filter, a spy game. You had to go through different levels, Siphon Filter. I watched it. I got addicted to it. I couldn't put it down until I could accomplish the mission. And then I finished and I said, man, that, that took total control of my mind, will, and emotion. I, I was a slave to this, this game, Siphon Filter. I had to win. So many of our kids today are addicted to video games and, and, and these the TV and movies and everything else. We need to be change two things in our lives. The amount of time in front of the TV and the amount of time we spend in the Word of God. It's been said, you can't love God more than you love the Word of God. The amount of time that we spend in the Word of God shows how much we love God. Because God is love and His Word is filled with love. And it's filled with adventure. It's filled with intrigue. It's filled with mystery. It's filled with betrayal. It's filled with all... You want to be entertained? Read the historical books. Read Samuel. Read First and Second Kings. Read First and Second Chronicles. Read Esther. Read these books and read them again. 
the adventure gets more exciting as God opens it up to you. All the books, uh, Judges and, and Joshua, you read the history of Israel, how God worked and how God took Israel from slavery in the land of Egypt and brought them into a promised land. He brought them into a promised land. But they didn't enter that promised land easily. They entered the promised land. They had to remove the inhabitants. And that's a type in the shadow of Christianity today. You see, the Old Testament is the New Testament hidden. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. What went on in the Old Testament in the physical is what God does in the New Testament in the spiritual. To set everybody free from the slavery of Egypt. Satan was a type and shadow. I mean, the Pharaoh was a type and shadow of Satan. And Israel is a type and shadow of Christianity or people in the world. And God sets us free through a mighty work, through signs and wonders. Mighty works. I think there was a, a dozen almost a dozen miracles that God did. But the enemy was able to do some of them himself. He was able to do the rod, turn the rod into a snake. But Moses' snake ate the other snakes. Then when he poured blood, when he put his staff down and the Nile became blood, the Pharaoh's magicians, they were able to create blood out of water. See, Satan has power. Satan has power, but God is all-powerful. All-powerful. So he took us out of the promise. He took us out of slavery. He brought us to the Red Sea. We went through a, des go, go through a desert experience as we grow in the Lord. Some of the, some of the Israelites looked back to Egypt, and they wanted the flavors there. They wanted the, the pleasures of Egypt that they had. Even though they were being whipped and tormented by the Egyptians, and they were ruled by them, and they barely survived, they, they wanted to go back, and their eyes were set back there, and they always complained. So what happened? They didn't enter in because of unbelief. God didn't allow that generation to enter in because they didn't believe. After seeing all the wonders, seeing the Red Sea open and walking on dry ground, and the Egyptians trying to do it, it closed up on them, and they all drowned. You see? Seeing all those miracles and all those signs and wonders, being fed by manna every day, the bread of God, and water coming out of the rock, all they did was complain. And they didn't enter in because of unbelief. But when they did enter in, when Joshua crossed the, the Nile, <laughs> when he crossed the Jordan. When Joshua crossed the Jordan and Israel went into the promised land, they had to take on the biggest city that was ever built in the Middle East at that time, Jericho. The height of the walls was so high and wide, they had chariot races on it. Chariots would race on, on the top of this wall. Incredible. And God, through miraculous sign, you need to read it. Read the book of Joshua and read the story. But that wall came down. They say it went flat into the ground. It didn't tumble over. It went straight into the ground like the hand of God crushed it. 
and then they went in and conquered the land. You and I, brothers and sisters, in like manner in the spiritual realm, need to enter into the promised land. And the only way to go through the pro- get into the promised land is start attacking the enemy. There's a, there's a Jericho in all of our lives, a city preventing us from getting the promises God wants to give us. And that land is a promised land, and you and I can enter it through deliverance and the power of Jesus Christ to destroy the works of the enemy. Because it's by faith we're saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. So Jesus' teaching here in the book of Mark, back to verse 32, 132. And at evening when the sun did set, they brought to him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils or demons. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many demons. And they suffered not the demons to speak because they knew him. Otherwise, Jesus would have talked to them. But he didn't want to be revealed who he was. Some say, oh, you shouldn't speak to a demon. Well, if a demon's going to talk... I'm going to make him tell me what his name is and how he got in, what his legal right is, and I'm going to cast him out. That's about the conversation because you can't trust what they say anyway. You've got, you got to take everything with a grain of salt when you do deliverance. I've talked to many demons, but I didn't have a conversation to learn anything from them because it's the word of God that I learned through, not through them. All I want to know is their name and how they got in, and it's time to go. Amen. Jump down to verse 38 through 39. And he said to them, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also. For there for I came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout Galilee and cast out demons. Casting out demons was a regular part of Jesus' life, his ministry, the gospel, establishing the kingdom of God, showing open display. Jesus says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is a message about deliverance. This is a message about establishing God's kingdom in your life by expelling the enemy strongholds that may be in some of you. You may be bound to nicotine. You may be bound to alcohol. You may be bound to lust. You may be bound to pride. You may be bound in different areas with anger. You may be bound with unbelief. You may be bound with lying. You may be bound to pornography. Whatever the area in your life that you cannot get set free of, Jesus can set you free. You may be tormented or harassed. You may have bloodline curses where your your ancestors have committed sins and they're passed down to the third and fourth generation, the Bible says. God is, God is a just God. But he visits the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generations. That means when you commit adultery or you commit a sin in your life, you are cursed. Your children are cursed. Your grandchildren are cursed. And your great-grandchildren are cursed because you allowed that sin in your life. 
But if you confess your sins, he's just and faithful to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. When we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, in all our ways acknowledge him, he will guide our steps. He will guide us into truth and righteousness when we submit. Even James tells us, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, there's a war going on, brothers and sisters. There's a war going on that too many Christians are absent. They're sitting in the stands if they're even in the stadium itself. Jesus wants us to be on the field of play, the field of battle. Because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the tearing down of strongholds and everything that exalts itself against the true knowledge of God. We are at war. When you accepted Jesus Christ, it wasn't all roses and, and, and cotton candy. You entered a battle. Yes, Jesus came to give us peace. He came to give us life and that we would have life more abundantly. But we've got to be in this battle to conquer the enemy so that we can have that peace. And this is the battle Jesus established here in the book of Mark and in Luke and John and Matthew. When you read the Gospels, you learn that Jesus went around doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Like I said, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his mission. That's his mission. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. See, he established this foundation. This is the foundation that Jesus established. And this is what he taught his disciples to do. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he called to them the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. It goes into the names. We'll jump to verse 5. Skip the names. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritans. Enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We need to go to our brothers and sisters that resist the spirit and submit to the enemy, the enemy's teaching. Too many Christians believe that it's all done. Jesus did all the work and the battle's done and all I got to do is enjoy going to church every Sunday. They're Sunday Christians. Jesus doesn't want Sunday Christians. He wants seven days, 24-7 Christians that our life is totally committed to him and to read his word. And to pray, as I always strongly say, read the word four times a day, and you'll be strengthened by the power of God. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and bedtime. 
Wake up to the Lord, go to sleep with the Lord, and the Lord is always on your mind. And then memorize one scripture a week. One scripture. Put it on a 3 by 5 card or buy the little cards that they sell. Read one script, memorize one scripture per week. And at the end of the year, it's 52, 52, 52 weeks. So go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Is this going on in your church today? Is there teaching about healing the sick? There may be now and then. Maybe some evangelists will come in. Do they cast out demons in front of the church? Or if somebody manifests or if somebody acts out of order, they escort them to the side room or back room or get them out of the center? Jesus cast out demons right in front of everybody. He stopped everything and delivered the person and set the captives free. Amen. So cast out the demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. No, it's the evangelists today, these mega churches, they fly around in their own planes. With an entourage of bodyguards. They need to be safe, you see. They're so important. They're so important to the earth that they can't be as the common people. They've raised themselves above the word of God. They've raised themselves above Jesus Christ. You know, the way up is down. Derek Prince preaches a message. The way up is down. You see, Satan exalted himself, but he was cast down. Jesus humbled himself, and he was highly exalted, high above every name that is named, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He is above all. There's one way to the Father, and it's only through Jesus Christ. And this is the foundation of his message that he preached and his disciples learned. And they trained, and they read the book of Acts. Philip went to cities casting out demons throughout the book of Acts. Paul tells us about many of the spiritual truths. Thank God for his epistles. Amen. So verse 10, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staffs, for the workman is worthy of his meat. In other words, God is going to provide for every evangelist, for everybody that goes out to preach his word. He was going to provide, and they went out. And into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it, or bless it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace be upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. Do you know that? You have peace when you bless a house and they accept the teaching of Jesus Christ. The blessing comes upon that house. Shalom. 
But if that house is unworthy, if they reject the teaching of deliverance, healing the sick, then they're rejecting the peace, and you take that peace away. Verse 14, And whosoever shall receive you, nor hear your words when you depart out of that house and that city, shake off the dust from your feet. Verily I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, verse 16, I, Matthew 10, 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be you therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Beware of men, for they shall deliver you up to councils. They will scourge you in their synagogues, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speaks, but the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of your Father which speaks in you. And brother shall deliver a brother up to brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee you to another. For verily I say to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Amen. Amen. Now we'll continue reading. The disciple, verse 24 of Matthew 10. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not. Therefore, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be made known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach upon the housetops. And fear not them that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are there not two sparrows sold for a furling, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear you not, therefore... This is the third time he said, fear not. You are more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man in a variance or against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, 
and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves the son or more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receives you receives me. And he that receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever shall give to you a drink to you one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, verily I say to you, he shall in no wise lose his reward." You see, Jesus laid the foundation to spread the gospel to the world, to set at liberty the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are the salt of the earth. Deliverance is at the forefront of Jesus' ministry. You saw it in the first chapter of Mark. You see Jesus sending out the 12 here. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 10. The same thing. He sends out the 70, just like he sent out the 12. It wasn't exclusively for the apostles the 12 disciples at the time of Jesus who became apostles after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face, two by two into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Therefore said he to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor script nor shoes, nor salute any man on the way. And in whatsoever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things that to give, <laughs> give, for the labor is worthy of hire. Go not from house to house, and into whatever city you enter, enter, and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein, and say to them, the kingdom of God is come nigh to you. But into whatever city you enter, and they receive you not, go your way out of the streets, the same city, even the very dust of your city that cleaves on us, we do wipe off against you, notwithstanding be you sure 
that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. You see, Jesus says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's how the kingdom of God was established in the early church. That's how Jesus laid the foundation to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. That's what the word says. Verse 12, but I say to you that it shall be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than for that city. So those that reject the word, those that reject God's love, will go to hell. Not because God's sending them there, but they rejected God. They chose to go there. There's only two choices in life. God the creator or the devil and destruction who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's the father of lies. He's the father of murder. He's the father of pride. He's the father of all wickedness. When we choose not to love God who loves us and sent his only begotten son, we choose the alternative. There's only one way. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and the door. No one comes to the Father except by him. And every human being has a choice. No one's going to stand the judgment day, and, judgment day and say, you didn't give me a choice or an opportunity. Romans tells us that even through nature itself, God reveals his attributes. That no one is without an excuse. At some point, or many points I believe, in time, in everyone's life, God knocks on the door. Revelation tells us, behold, I knock at the door. If any man hears my voice and opens the door for me to come in, I will come in. You see, we have a choice to accept Jesus Christ and his teaching and his word or reject it. There are consequences. If you reject this message tonight that Jesus came to set the captives free, you're choosing to be in bonds. You're choosing to be in the bondage because Jesus, that's what Jesus came to do. To fulfill God's word. To execute vengeance upon Satan's kingdom. That's what our mission is. Let's continue to read. But I say to you, that it shall be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, children, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works that had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, setting on sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable in Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. He that hears you, hears me. He that despises you, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him who sent me. It's simple as that. If we reject the word that Jesus preached, the truths of the Bible... And not listen to fancy teachers with long sermons that tell you how to be, be good at this or good at that or how to get wealthy. Focus on your, your kingdom now, your wealth on earth now. 
If you're listening to prosperity preachers, stop it. Read the book of Jude. Because Balaam, the prophet, went after prosperity. And if you know the Bible, Balaam, the prophet, he taught the, the Moabites how to court. They didn't want Israel to enter into land. But for money, he taught them how to get them to sin. And they sent in the prostitutes into the camp. And Israel sinned. And the judgment of God came against Israel. But they cleaned house. And in the battle, Balaam died. He didn't even listen to the donkey who told him. A donkey spoke to him. I think it's in the book of Numbers. Look it up. He didn't listen to them. He was so greedy to get that money from the king of, of the Moabites that he taught them how to get Israel to sin. He couldn't curse them. The king... The king paid him to curse Israel, but every time he cursed them, he blessed them. He could only speak what God told him to speak. But he figured out a way. He found a way around it, and he ended up dying in battle. He had no riches to live with. Well, somebody else got his riches. But read Jude. If you're not with Jesus, you're against them. You're either gathering with them, or you're scattering. So here in verse 17, the 70 return. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. See, demons were obedient. They were expelled by the 70. It wasn't just for the 12. It wasn't for just the 70. Peter preached on Pentecost Day, it's to you to your children, and to whomever shall come from afar, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then John the Baptist said in chapter 3 of Matthew, I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. For what? Fire to keep you warm at night? Fire to light a candle? No. Fire of the power of God to destroy the works of the devil. Come on now. And he said to them in verse 18, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give to you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, demons, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding this, not only this, he says, in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in the heaven. Some use this scripture to say, see, we shouldn't cast out demons. Then you're not following the work of Jesus Christ. He's saying, don't, don't go around Rejoicing over that. Rejoice that you have power in God, that your name is written in the, the book of life. You're following the foundation. You're following the manuscript. You're following the commission that Jesus gave to his disciples, to the 12, the 70, and so on, to all generations. Only one person benefited in his entire kingdom. 
when Christians stop casting out demons? Satan. Satan and his kingdom. They don't like being seen. They don't like being exposed. They don't like being cast out. They're not happy. With me, with Shannon, this program, and those that do deliverance. In fact, we got targets on our back. We go through the fire maybe a little bit more than you. We're on the front lines in the battle in the trenches. And we go through the fire. But you know what? Jesus is right there with us. We've built our foundation upon Jesus. Our house is built upon him. So when those winds come, those storms come, they may come a little bit harder on us. But you know what? They don't shake us. Because our hope is in Jesus. We know that we are able to do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Because the reward is not to the faint or the weak. The reward is to them who overcome. Revelation tells us to every church, the seven churches, to him who overcome, to him who overcomes, will I grant to sit at me, sit with me on my throne in heaven. And there's seven promises to them who overcome. Jesus overcame. You and I overcame. He says, in this world you will have persecution. But be of good cheer. I overcame the world. God wants us all to be overcomers tonight. God wants to set us free from the things that harass us, torment us, afflict us. But we've got to submit to him. We've got to cry out to Jesus, the author and finisher of our salvation, to give us the strength, the training, the wisdom, the knowledge, through the teachings of Jesus Christ, through men, that God has raised up to do battle. This is a war. We have an enemy. We can't sit on our couch and push a remote control and live our lives in entertainment land. We've got to fight the battle. Preach the word, exhort, admonish, and rebuke with long-suffering. That's what God called me to do. To do the work of an evangelist. That's what conquering Satan's kingdom is. It's the spirit of Elijah on God's men and women that are attacking Satan's kingdom and exposing it. The spirit of Elijah is being poured out against all the Jezebel spirits and all the witchcraft in the churches. God is raising up a generation. He's raising up a generation for a revival. His last cry out to the human race. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. He's crying out in dreams and visions to men and women throughout the world. He's sending out those that are faithful. Revival is going on all over the earth. The spirit of the God is moving. The harder the times get, the more people turn to God. Whatever it takes. We are living in hard times. 
But we haven't seen the hardest yet. But we cry out to him. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Whatever we go through. Jesus laid the foundation is the title of this message. He laid the foundation. All we've got to do is get upon that rock. Jesus Christ is our rock. We need to stand upon him and his word. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, your word is true and yes and amen. Lord God, let every man's word be a lie, but your word be the truth. We set our eyes to you, Jesus. Forgive us of our sins, our iniquities, our transgressions, our shortcomings, the sins that so easily beset us, Lord God. Let your light shine as we read and study your word. Reveal to us, Lord, your will for our lives. Forgive us for falling short and putting the things of the world before you. Forgive us, Lord God, for not looking to you, the author and finisher of our salvation. Father, bless us all, Lord God, with wisdom, knowledge, might, and understanding. Train us in the way you would have us to go. Set us free from those areas where the enemy still has strongholds. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen and amen. Great word tonight. Jesus laid a foundation. We're live with Evangelist Victor Mrablak. Now we've got wide open lines. If you need prayer tonight, you need deliverance, call in. Don't hesitate. If we've got callers, we'll take them. If we don't, the show will end. So do not hesitate. Call right now, 515-602-9734. Now that number is our dedicated number for any call-in show. And if you ever forget that, just go to my website, and it's right there, omegamanradio.com. Again, 515-602-9734. We'll take a song break, come back. But before we do, Brother Victor, uh, tell people about your meetings that you do on Saturday and how they can contact and support your ministry. Okay, my ministry is Bread of Life. Originally it was Fragrant Oil, but Bread of Life Deliverance Fellowship. We meet on Thursdays at 7 p.m. We're studying War on the Saints. We go through it tactfully, page by page, and as the Holy Spirit reveals to us through war in a sense because we're at war and then we have prayer and fellowship um after we do the war in the saints saturday mornings at 10 a.m i share a message we have communion and it's open lines for prayer and fellowship after that but you'd have to contact me and the only way to contact me is through my cell phone you could text me or call me text is the best Give me a text, and I'll follow up with a phone call. If you can't text me, call me, and I'll set up an appointment with you to uh, pray with you or have fellowship with you. The number is 610-972-3423. That is 610-972-3423, and I can send you a Zoom link where we fellowship and you could be a part of that, or if you just need prayer, uh, you need counseling, you can contact me for that as well. 
Fantastic. And if you want to, you know, if you wanted to support, just uh, text me, and I'll give you the information how to support me. Excellent. They can also find you on Facebook. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Spell your name for us, Victor. It's M R A V like Victor L A G like George. Fantastic. Victor like one syllable. <laughs> What's the nationality on that name? That name is Austrian. Austrian. Wow. Well, that's awesome. My father's yeah. My father's stepfather came from Graz, Austria, through Vienna Medical School, and moved to Elizabeth, New Jersey. And my father was adopted by this doctor, Victor Moravlik. Hey, that's pretty cool. Hey, that's pretty cool. I'd like to get over to Amen. visit Austria sometime. I hear that's a beautiful country. Okay, let me give that number out again. Area code five one five six zero two nine seven three four. Take about a five-minute break, Victor. And, yes, um, that's perfect. Okay, we'll come back. Here we go. You know, I remember that song playing in the church growing up. Brother Victor, anybody still sing that song? We had some I, great... I haven't heard that song. Oh, man, we had some great songs growing up. <clears throat> we had a thing called the old hymnal book. We'd sit on the back of the wooden pews and um, yes. had the old songs. Uh, you knew what they were talking about. Amazing grace. There's power in the blood. In the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. How can you improve on songs like that? Um, I may be old ordained school. and anointed. Absolutely. And then those books begin to disappear. And they got replaced they by had to, they, praise teams. <laughs> you know what they had to do, Shannon? Was they had to get books out that had the blood in it. They right. didn't want to be offensive. Exactly. All those old-time hymns. All those old-time hymns talked about the blood. There was no question. They mentioned Jesus, the blood, the cross. Almost like Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what the songs were about. And um, they were great songs. Um, we'd sing a few songs. They'd have the choir there. Now, they might have a special... Uh, song somebody might sing but it wasn't the stuff that I see today <clears throat> these are basically many concerts with the same group that does it and I know there's people that love Jesus but man I miss the old choirs to tell you the truth and the old songs well me too you know if I don't pass it on to my kids uh, it may be lost forever I often wonder about that I feel like an extinct species people that uh, grew up in the early church of the 70s and 80s. I remember it like it was just yesterday. Well, folks, uh, dial in one more time if you want to call, 515-602-9734. Brother Victor, if there's somebody tuning in that has not made a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ, what can they do uh, to be saved? And folks, um, We've got today to make that decision. Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. And we're living in a crazy world. They're talking about World War III, like that Johnny Cash song said. Matthew 24 says there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. Wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing them. We're seeing them. 
And you could be in the wrong place at the wrong time and be putting off that decision to invite Christ into your heart one day too late. Some people have waited one day too late. And it's too late for them. They're in eternity tonight, lost, with no hope. Today's the day of salvation. Today is the day to decide, are we going to serve the Lord or not? Not tomorrow. Do it today if you haven't done it. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. What does a person need to do to receive Christ, Victor? Well, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says, he who confesses and believes that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead shall be saved. You shall be saved. Just ask him into your heart. Repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart. I want to make you Lord of my life. I've been a sinner my whole life and I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. If you've just said that, you've accepted Jesus. I would seek out a church in your area where God would lead you or continue to listen on this line. And there's lots of church going on here. But read the Bible. Start reading the book of John. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, Read the other books in the New Testament before you jump over to the Old Testament. It'll teach you how to live for Jesus. I would go from John to Matthew and maybe the book of Acts. Amen. Amen. You're, you're, that's how you're saved. It's very simple, folks. It's, it's not rocket science. It's a free gift. Receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life because the time we got down here is it's a limited engagement in these bodies, folks. And um, <clears throat> there's a story I was following this week. Uh, a man who is, um, he may still be in the Mormon church. He was trying to get out to it at the same time. Good, good for him. But he sold a company to uh, Amazon that was an accounting software company and uh, got like $600 million. Pretty good for him. And he's obsessed with uh, trying to roll back the biological clock. He spends $2 million a year, Victor, on a special regimen. <clears throat> they, uh, they poke him, probe him. Um, everything that he does is monitored, and they find out what's working and what's not. And he says he's rolled back the clock about 10 years. Well, that's great. But uh, he's not going to be able to do it forever. And when the spirit leaves the body, what was it all worth? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, it was all in vanity. Even if you live to a max of 120, what's that compared with eternity? Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior by repenting of your sins, confessing him as Lord, inviting him into your heart is Brother Victor let people in that prayer tonight Brother Victor we do not have any calls I'll keep it open just a minute or two more and folks last option opportunity for tonight's uh, 515-602-9734 we will not have a program on Friday November 24th because of Thanksgiving is that okay with you Brother Victor? 
Oh, yes, that's fine. And, of course, uh, we do these programs as often as we can. There could be something come up and we miss a program, but um, we're here as much as we can on Friday nights for you out there to uh, pray with you. Deliverance hotline after the preaching of God's Word. Powerful message if you're coming in late tonight. Jesus laid a foundation. We'll have it up in the archive. And I also encourage you to be part of uh, Brother Victor's ministry on Saturday. Give out the details again. What time is that that you have the Zoom meetings? 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Now, um, And Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, excellent. Also, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, Victor, for people that have not used Zoom, uh, does it require them to have a camera? No. Okay. So no. they... If they say, hey, I'm not having a good hair day, they don't have to worry about it. They can do audio too, right? You don't have to come in, but you can just put your name in, and you'll just pop in, and we'll let you in. You just uh, download Zoom onto your phone, or onto your laptop or computer, and you type in the access numbers. Okay, fantastic. And give out your contact number again if they want to uh, get more information. Okay, contact me. is uh, Just call me, text me, 610 972-3423 610-972-3423 and I'll I'll follow up with the call to you several people came in last Saturday from Omega Man on the the Saturday preaching oh fantastic now that's what I want to see happen yeah, someone that had was that listened to a show later, and then a woman that we prayed with. Folks, I was able to pray with her, and she got more freedom. Get over there, because you also take phone calls. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's open lines. Yeah, open lines, folks. Word sometimes mass deliverance. Uh, a great place to be, brother Victor. Sadly, we don't have any calls tonight, but. It is what it is. Um, it is. We're here. We we keep the door open like Motel 6. We've got the light on for you, but there we are. You want to close us in prayer tonight? Sure. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message that you put upon my heart, Lord God. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your truth, Lord God. We thank you for whoever touched, Lord God, and whoever you touched through it. It's your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord, we bless your holy name, give you the glory, honor, and praise. Continue to bless Shannon and his family. In Jesus' name, in Bali, surround them with your angels and protect them. Keep them safe. Lord God, in these turbulent times we're living in, Lord God, keep us all safe. Hedge us up with your angels, everybody that's listening. Lord God, and lead us into all truth through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, love and appreciate you. Thank you for coming on tonight. It was a great word. And we'll see you next time, Brother Victor. Amen. God bless you, Shannon. God bless you, my friend. Folks, thank you for tuning in today. That is going to conclude our broadcast schedule for this week. We're going to be back again uh, next week, Monday, at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. And uh, let me see what we've got going on Monday. We're going to have um, Robert Avila, Betsy Pelletieri, Tommy Hollihan next week, Terry Jefferson.
Deborah Vells. Actually, I've got Tommy Hollihan down for three days in a row at noon. Uh, Jesse Jernigan, Michael Cummins, the return of Frank Marzullo, Jr., Pat Roach, Gary Stafford with a guest, John Terrell, Lou Young and the Demon Hotline on Thursday. And then Friday, Dr. Hansen, Bill Sneblin, and we'll close it out with Victor Mravlag and the Demon Hotline Friday night. Next week will be really a good a good week of programs. And then the following week, going into uh, Thanksgiving, we'll have programs on Monday and Tuesday. Gregory Ellis, Sabrina Sessions, Dr. Philip Morris will be back. Michael Basham, Ronna Miriam Cohen, of course, speak my word throughout the week. And uh, here we are. If you want to make contact with me, best way to do it is my website. Uh, I am not on any social media like Facebook anymore. I deep six that. But you can find me through my own website if you want to uh, get up with me, omegamanradio.com. I also have a Substack, which, uh, for example, tonight I sent an email off, so if you were on that list, you would have gotten a notification for open lines. I use it sparingly, but uh, I do uh, send out alerts that you may be interested in from time to time, like our hotlines on Friday night. If you want to sign up for that, um, it's good backup. If communications fail in other means, I can always reach you on Substack. Go to my website, <clears throat> excuse me, omegamanradio.com. You can sign up for that if you'd like to. Uh, my email is there as well. If you'd like to support this network, uh, it is much appreciated. I want to thank those that have over the years. You helped us get this far. God bless you. You can do so there on my website, omegamanradio.com. With that, folks, have a great weekend. Love y'all, Father God, in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving us the strength to get here to Friday. Bless all the speakers and all the listeners that came on this week. We plead the blood of Jesus over us all. Father God, surround us with your warrior angels. Forgive us of all of our sins, known and unknown, back to the very first thought, word, deed, gesture, and action. Guide and direct our steps. Have your way. Again, we pray for that hedge of protection wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 to be placed around us all. In in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. God bless everybody who came out. Amen.